Dum 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 dum. Ah, oh, it's good being home. It'll just flick on the lights now and. Yeah. Well, hiya, Nathan. Nathan, it's good to see you. It's good to see that you're finally home. Brenton, wh- wh- what are you doing in my home? <laughs> what do you mean, what am I doing in your home? Oh, mate, I'm, I was just here. I thought I'd get here early before the guests arrive. What, what, what guests? Ah, what guests, you little rascal. You here? Come join me. Come have a, a, a glass of whiskey, you know. I'm just, I'm, I kind of helped myself over here, you know. So, uh, are, you, are you good to go? Like, I mean, like, are the others going to be here soon? I'm, 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 so I'm just enjoying this nice... What? Fred, what are you confused th- about? Not, I'm not drinking tonight. You, what are you doing in my... What? Is, is that is that a script I see in your hand? <laughs> Nathan, Nathan, you silly, silly bugger. Mate, I just came over to have a chat, you know, and I just thought I'd bring some work while I was at it. This is not classic movie banter. <laughs> but now it is. <laughs> and here we are. Nathan... I don't know why that was the opening gag because that's literally how we start our episodes every week. Like before we start <laughs> yeah. recording. I know like, I, you, you you bully me into just starting this podcast. <laughs> like again, I have no idea how much. you've gotten into my house after whatever it is, like seventy episodes now. Like I don't know how you're doing it. <laughs> well, you know, I find my ways. You you board the windows. I changed I, the locks. I and here we are. I, you you board the windows, you change the locks, I mm. dig a tunnel. You know what I mean? Like, I just find a way. Oh, my, yeah. It's like Jeff Goldblum, life finds a way. It's like Brenton finds a way. You just fucking crawling in through the floorboards. I do, I do, I do. Uh, sometimes I just, like, you know, there'll be people, like, skydiving, and I pay for a skydiving session, and I just go rogue, and I just kind of aim for Nathan's house, and I just smash <laughs> through the roof. And you, do then- the, you do the start of the last bomb film that we do where they bloody skydive and bloody license to kill, whatever it is. That's what you do. Pretty much, pretty much. I do a superhero landing. I just like make my way in. I'm trying to currently. What I'm trying to do is, is I'm a uh, I'm a uh, in a secret facility, which I, I probably shouldn't be telling this on the podcast. Yeah, you're really divulging your secrets. I go to a secret uh, facility, and basically they're testing. Uh, they're doing some atom experiments on me, and they're basically trying to uh, like trying to like disintegrate my matter and then make it reappear somewhere else. So I'm trying to learn how to teleport. <laughs> and just by chance, you continually appear at my house. Just exactly. So the idea is, is that once I've got it down pat, I'll just be able to pop in, like literally pop, bang on there. Hello, Nathan. <laughs> Boom. Well, welcome. Welcome to Classic Movie Banter. This is a podcast where uh, where Brenton, that guy there, and Nathan, this guy talking, uh, we review movies that are older than twenty years, Brenton. And uh, yeah, we we say whether they're worth watching in the year that you're currently listening. Right now, it's twenty nineteen, but in the future, who knows when you're listening? If you're listening from the year twenty twenty two then boy, I hope the Japanese Olympics were a good time. Well, hey, you never know. Maybe the the people listening are so far in the future that the aliens have invaded or they've revealed that they were amongst us the whole time. And so the whole, like, time, like, system has changed. So we're mm. no longer, like, in the year 2040 or whatever it is. It's like we were in ZYH. <laughs> yeah, they changed uh, the years. 3033. 3.2 recurring, you know what I mean? But like, here's the thing, like, everyone's like, oh yeah, let's just do aliens in the near future. It's like, do you remember in the 50s when they said, okay, what do you think the future's gonna be? And like, they thought, oh yeah, fuck yeah, by the year 2000, we're gonna have like all these flying cars, all this shit, and we rock up to where we are and we've got like nothing. 
the same thing is going to happen. Everyone's like, oh, by 20, 2080, like we're going to have all this shit. It's like, we might, have, we might have like three things that are different. Apart from that, it's pretty much going to be the same shit. Hey, Nathan, you know what? I can't really remember what was in the 50s because I wasn't born yet. So, you know, oh. I know you're an old man, but, you know. <laughs> Plot twist, I'm actually in my like 70s. That's the reason we mentioned our, our age in the podcast. <laughs> totally, totally. Uh, yeah, well, now you all know. Now you all know. But hey, Nathan, uh, episode 72, speaking of 70s. Yes. Uh, we're not in the 70s. But we're going back to a decade close to it, the 80s, aren't we, Brenton? Well, I guess we are because, you know what? There's a film coming out that's got the buzz, you know what I mean? It has got the buzz. Did it win the Venice Film Festival? It sure did. It sure did. Won that golden lion? Fuck yeah. Yeah. Look, we're talking... So, we're not talking about Joker, obviously, but no. we're talking about a film that inspired... Uh, well, one of the films that inspired, one of the works that inspired uh, Joker, and that is uh, The King of Comedy, Martin Scorsese's The King of Comedy. We're back with Scorsese. Yeah, we're back. We're back again. It's been a <laughs> while. I'm glad we're back, to be honest. Yeah, after Raging um, Bull, it's been so long, so I'm glad he's back in the house. Like, it's great. After Bloody Temptation and <laughs> Raging yeah. Bull, oh boy, are we climbing up ladders. But Brenton, I know nothing about The King of Comedy. Plot twist, I do, because I've seen this movie. But imagine if I didn't, and you, Martin Scorsese, walk into my office and you pitch me this movie. Let's fucking go. All right. Hello. Hey, guys. <laughs> go! Hey, guys. Um, so, basically, this film that I'm, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make is about this one guy yes. called Rupert Pupkin. Okay? What a great name Thanks. for a character. Thank you, Hollywood producer. I really appreciate it. Uh, Rupert Pupkin <laughs> is a comedian. And okay. he's a struggling comedian. He's an amateur comedian. He has not yet made his big break. Aren't we yeah, all? I know. Exactly. Precisely. Like, it's very relatable, <laughs> this film, though. No. But, uh... uh, uh so, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's trying to, you know, make his way in the comedy industry. And so... But the only way that he, this character sees fit, the only way he can see he can make his big break is if he goes onto this certain talk show that's run by this other famous comedian. And so... As we as the film progresses, we learn that Rupert Pupkin uh, is a is a man who is, let's say, slightly not. I'm I'm trying to find the word to describe Rupert Pupkin. Something's not quite right. He's a bit unhinged. He's a bit too attached to his own fantasies and his own ideas mm. of how things will play out, and that gets him into trouble in certain certain circumstances. And basically, the film follows mm. him trying to make it big and become the king of comedy, and uh, by basically whatever means necessary, by any, any means, means necessary, necessary, and he will fight. He will he will do whatever he needs to do to make it to the top, and that mm. is the king of comedy. It sounds like, Brenton, this film that you're pitching me, it sounds like it escalates a lot. Would you say it's a film about escalation? I don't know if it's a film about escalation, but there is, es- like, the film escalates. Yeah, there's a, it, uh, oh. it, it builds. Okay, so he wants to be, he wants to be the king of comedy. So who's going to play this comedian? I got some, I got some great comedic actors in my mind, you know, Steve Martin, all that kind of stuff. Who should we cast as this comedian? Well, uh, the, the funny thing is, is that, Basically, I'm thinking that we go full kind of meta. You know what I mean? Okay. I'm listening to you, Marty Scorsese, if that's who you are, in this role play. I actually wanted uh, Jerry Lewis to play this role. Oh, you want Jerry Lewis as the talk yeah, show exactly. host. And who's Jerry Lewis playing? Well, he's playing a guy called Jerry. 
Oh, <laughs> so he's okay. Oh, so he's pretty much just playing himself. Okay, pretty much. You know, like why not? And who's this this up and coming comedian? This king of comedy? Who? What comedic actor are we gonna? Is it Robin Williams? Who are we gonna cast in well, this the comedic role, role? I don't think is necessarily comedic. I mean, like it requires an actor of of great oh. skill and great dramatic. Uh, uh, ability and but also you know some comedic ability as well but I'm thinking Robert De Niro Robert De Niro I don't think I've ever laughed at Robert De Niro before so what a what a what an interesting well, I thing I, again I'm not necessarily making it comedy here like I'm making a a film you know what I mean a film that is a uh, no there's comedic elements in it is but it's also very unsettling and uh, dramatic in some senses as well there you go all right well guess what I'm going to give you millions of dollars Martin Scorsese I've seen your horrible film The Temptation of Christ and I've seen your great film Raging Bull so hopefully this will be either here or there so here's the money and by golly gosh Marty Scorsese you make this movie that is actually going to bomb at the box office who knows who Who does know we know but who knows they didn't who knows Brenton what a pitch I'm amazed that you wore the glasses and wig for Marty Scorsese you really transformed no I did not like stop bullshitting the audience Nathan like (laughs) could you do a good Martin Scorsese impression no fuck no (laughs) like he's like Ah, ah. He, like, he has a very like ah, ah, ah. he has like an overbite kind of thing like I guess I guess but like but with a New York tinge in it I can't do it I'm, I'm sure <laughs> I'm sure if I worked on it maybe but like being thrown in the deep end here in the podcast ooh, I don't know uh, but Nathan Ugh. let's get into it I just want to get into talking about this movie because I, I agree I, I've, I've got some things to say good this is a medium where you can say some things I know it's, it's that's kind of why we, I guess that's kind of why we started this to begin with kind it of. is uh, what do you have to say Brenton share your thoughts with the group <laughs> you lower your glass and you're like oh I guess I'm an alcoholic like no Brenton other group <laughs> oh well, wrong group oh shit sorry uh, oh uh, shit uh, uh, fuck oh sorry um we see, uh, I started doing LSD when I was... No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. no. <laughs> Brenton, you're on the wrong part of the Oh, so, sorry, yeah. sorry, sorry, sorry. The other uh, the classic movie banter, right. Oh, okay, sorry. You're back where you belong. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, King of Comedy, I really like this movie. Did you, Brenton? I love this movie. Did you like this movie? I do. I, I really enjoyed this film. I think it's fantastic. I think it features some of Robert De Niro's best work. I think it's edited. Uh, its editing is pretty, pretty friggin' awesome. I'd have to say. Mm. Uh, I think it's got a strong screenplay. Uh, great performances all around, apart from you know, obviously Robert De Niro is giving one of his career best uh, performances. Oh, I'd yeah. say. And uh, yeah, Brenton, I wouldn't use the word like with this movie. I would use the words fucking love this. Oh, movie. I think it's. I think it's pretty. I don't know, like, again, like, I've just seen it, so I can't, I can't oh, be like, oh, dude. whoa, but I, if I was to rate it out of 10, which we don't do on this podcast, but it'd be like, it'd be up there, it'd be an 8 or a 9, you know what I mean? Like, it's Brenton, up there, like, it's... I'm not about that numbers life, I'm about that emotional, I want to know if you, you laughed in this movie, if you felt shit in this movie, you know? If you, if you rubbed your face in this movie and you're like, just to it, you know? Well, I never do that with films, but that's, that's, but what oh, I will say is... That's for the other podcast. <laughs> but, <right? laughs> I, but I will say, since we're on this show, is that, uh, I, like, I will say that I was so into this movie. I was so, I was glued to the screen. Uh, oh. I think from a technical perspective, I think it's great. Um, but also I think... I think it's just such a. It's probably one of the best character studies I've I've seen in recent memory. It's I'd fucking have to say. incredible, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, no, I think it's. it's like, I think it's awesome. It's amazing. I've just. I haven't. I haven't loved a movie like this on the podcast for so fucking long. Oh, I love this movie, Brendan. Oh, I could just eat it for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I tell you what. 
Oh, and everything you said is right. And 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 more some, Brenton. You know what? Have a second bowl of cereal. Because you know what? You're on the money. Because everything this film does is fucking incredible. I cannot fault it. And like, and people will fault it. And we'll get into what my, what others may say, Brenton. But like, it's like, especially after the fucking string of old epics that we've done. And the Bonds. And I haven't loved a movie like this in the podcast for so long. And it's great. It's well paced. You just stick with Robert De Niro, and and you work out really early on that there is something definitely wrong with Kevin. Like there's some shit that ain't right. And like, and he comes across as this guy who's like this like innocent like oh ho hello hello I just want to be a comedian. He's all very innocent and like woo But then as the film unravels, like there is something fucked up about him. And like, and you start to question his his. What I love about him is that he's an unreliable narrator. You question everything, like every scene, and you go, is this what's actually happening? And as the film escalates, you're going, oh, fuck. And you start to get some answers, and you're like, oh, fuck. And you just respond. Brenton, I'm grabbing you by the shoulders and shaking you. I'm like, did you respond? Yeah, no, I definitely did. I Like, I think, like I said, I think... For me, what my takeaways from walking out of this was just like I was I had just a real I had a real blast of a time and I couldn't honestly wait to watch it mm. again. I think it's I think it's pretty it's pretty awesome. Obviously it's Scorsese who I would say is like up there uh with being one of, if not my favourite directors of all time. Um and the man can just do it all. This film is funny at times. It's Oh he can. It's it's funny at times. Tell you what, that man loves a bloody PowerPoint presentation, doesn't he? What do you he? mean? With his open you know the opening credits when like after the scene with a car and it's like a little freeze frame and then they all like all the fucking titles like slide in like some weird like fucking 2000 I didn't even I didn't even, I didn't, I didn't even go to PowerPoint when I see shit like that dude I just go oh yeah man like it, it puts me in the zone I don't know like I really <laughs> yeah. enjoyed the opening like fuck yeah scene transitions <laughs> I really enjoyed the opening credits if I'm being honest like I liked the freeze frame it chose like I think it said a lot mm. again his music choice is just great through the whole film uh, music's good Music's very but good. But again, like, uh, if I'm going to, like, give, like, the the creme de la crop, like, the thing that's, like, the best thing about this movie, I, I got to say that, like, for me, the biggest takeaway, apart from, obviously, you walk out and you go, holy shit, like, what a great movie and what a great time and look at look, look where we started and look where it ended and look where it, that film took me, is that, like, I walked out of this movie just going... Robert De Niro is one of the greatest actors of all time. I think he's incredible. He is this. I think this might be his best work, and that's coming after Ranger. I know. Ball. I think it could be. It's up there for me with like one of the best uh, performances I've seen the man give. And I just, I mm. just think his artistry and his, uh, his, his, his work is just so invigorating. And so many little moments. Yeah, totally. Where he's so unsettling. Isn't uh, it? It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. I think, like I, like you said, uh, I think this could be one of his best performances he's ever given. And uh, I was astounded watching it. And again, you know that Robert De Niro is one of the greatest actors of all time. There's no denying that. But watching this, it's like the proof mm. is in the pudding, and you're just like, yes, you're on board from the word go, and you're on board uh, to the very end, obviously. And is, oh, it just keeps escalating. And on top of it. that, like I think, like this, this, this kind of story and this character, you know, it 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 doesn't spell like your Hollywood, like the film that's gonna that's gonna bring everyone into the cinema and the the character that's gonna get everyone going. But at the same time, I think if you give this a chance, you're gonna be really surprised and and get on board with with what this film's about, what this character's about, and it's just such a. It's such a perfect like character study that like it's just nice to see that done and it's fun to spend yeah. some time with this guy and and on top of that you have that other other element of what you said Nathan is that like because it's so unreliable in terms of the the main character's narration like 
you don't know what's fantasy and what's reality. And whenever a film can mm. do that perfectly, uh, because like there's few who can. Uh, yeah, I think like it the, it doesn't overplay the moments that like you might think are a bit like over the top. Like it's all grounded in a reality that makes you question of like is this real? Is this actually happening? Or is this once again in, inside this guy's head? I completely agree. And like, did you? And like, because you guess it early on. You think a lot in this movie. This is a movie that really makes you think the whole way through. You're not being lazy with it. And like, and it's it's such a great big, and because of that, it's such a great like like examination of celebrity culture, and the obsession people have with celebrities, and also kind of takes that cliche story of do whatever it takes to make it to the top in the entertainment business, and it actually shows you someone really doing whatever it takes to get to the top, and and the way that Robert De Niro's plan is executed, it really makes you question who you root for in this play, mm-hmm. like. Because it's funny, because as far as... Because there's not really an antagonist for the film so much. It's kind of split between both Robbie De Niro. I don't know if it's a spoiler saying the other person. Uh, no. Uh, say it. Yeah, say it. It's fine. Yeah, like, it's split between Bobby De Niro and, and Jerry Lewis. And, like, and you kind of... And with the two of them, and you see the, the interplay between them, you really don't know what the relationship is until maybe a little bit into the movie. And then when you finally see what how it executes, like... It's just incredible. And, like, his allies are also amazing. I loved the girlfriend. I loved his best friend. Like, I loved his mother. Like, all of them. Like, they're great. Yeah, I think all the supporting cast is also... Like I said, everyone's uh, bringing their A-game. And even the set design with, like, even, like, the waiting room. Yeah. Like, I thought was, like... It's just so good. Like, the only thing I'd want to criticize is, pr- is pretty much just Robert De Niro's suit. It's a pretty shit suit, Brenton. I mean, like, sure, but, like, it's very characterful and it, it, it lets us into, like, this guy <laughs> and, and what he's about. And I, I, I just think when, when I watch this and I walk out of it and I think, what is this movie trying to say about, you know, like, your, your takeaway celebrity culture and, like, what it takes to get to the top and obviously those things. But I think there's also uh, what I find so fascinating about this character is that the whole film, he hardly, he doesn't, like, spend... Like, we see him practicing, obviously, moments that, you know, he hopes to become to become into fruition. Uh, but for the most part, he doesn't really spend much time working on his artistry to get to the top. It's more like the other shit that he's, that he's no. focusing on. Oh, it's pretty good, though, when we do see him practice. Yeah. Because, like... His, like his interplay with his mother when he's practicing, it's totally. So, so it's like the works, the works being done, but it's just interesting that we spend a lot of time with this guy, and what he thinks he needs to do is 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 something he never takes on board anything that anyone really tells tells him. And so, like, yeah, I was, mm. I kind of walked out, and I was like, I can't really say anything without spoiling it, but I was, I, I was kind of. You you kind of look at this guy, and you're disgusted by the by it, but you also kind of envy his ability to just not take the no for an answer i guess you know what i mean mm. like it's yeah and and that reflects so well onto today as well it's like like he is so unsettingly persistent like you he just ignores all social rules and 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 you're like and you just feel so tense watching it you're like jesus like pick up a hint like he when he's in conversation with other people like it's it's hard to find a moment i think in this film where he actually listens to what someone's saying to him you know what i mean like it's mm. this would work great as a play wouldn't it I'm, i was just thinking about that now like i'd love to see him do this on stage yes and no because i think at the same time like Scorsese brings like another voice to this film and it's the voice of the director and the, it's the voice behind the camera and again also he's literally in this film he, he is he has a cameo but uh, I, I think what Scorsese does behind the camera 
is just as incredible as what's being done in front of it. Like, obviously, I say my takeaways, whoa, De Niro, holy shit, what a performance. But at the same time, the way mm. uh, the camera, the, everything is framed in this film is very intelligent. Uh, yeah. The way, again, it comes back to that that use of, like, the fantasy versus reality. But it's just so well made that you, you're just constantly on board and you're constantly being led into this world from this one man's perspective. And uh, that's, that's, it's, it's very masterfully done, yeah. Now, we should address the elephant in the room, Brenton, because, like I said, this week, you know, Joker comes out and that kind of stuff. And you and I haven't seen Joker yet. We're, we're, we're going to very, very soon. But just from the trailers of Joker, you could see a fair fucking bit of King of Comedy in Joker, can't you? Like, Yes and no. I, I don't know. Like, I, again, like, I, I'm kind of reserving judgment on, on what Joker's going to be about. Like, you can see, like, th- there's odes to it, obviously, with, in terms mm. of plot points and, um, I guess, like, what, what the, what the film is. It's like, Joker is a psychological thriller that is, uh, that it's a, also a character study on this one person and, you know, it, it seems unsettling. It seems as someone that hasn't got many social cues or so- social experience with, socializing with other people like like there are parallels there but at the same time do you think king of comedy would have been better if the protagonist was joker no no like i don't you don't think it would because like here we are talking about like how could it possibly be better like yeah is is what i'd say to that it's funny when i was when i sat down to watch this even have even even not seeing joker yet i was kind of thinking I could so see the Joker doing this similar shit. Like, like before Joker becomes Joker and he's like, Arthur, fuck, whatever he is. Like, I can so see him just being like, of trying to be a comedian and just having the world tell him no and him going crazy from it. Because you wonder if, like, Bobby De Niro becomes crazy or is crazy from it. So, like... I don't know. I, I, I don't... I, I, I don't... I agree with you. I think this film works better not being a Joker film. But in saying that, I, I think it would... Especially once you've seen the Joker movie, I think it'd be hard to watch this... And not go. Oh, it's just doing Joker. You know what I mean? I don't know. Like I, I don't know. I think I think this. I, I, am trying to separate the two because, like, whilst I see like yeah, there's, mm. there's, there's similarities. Like, I'm just thinking when when we either recommend or not recommend this movie. Like, what would this give you that Joker wouldn't? Well, I can't. I can't answer that yet. Uh, obviously. Mm. All I can say is, is that... Do you, do you want to get maybe to rating it then? Yeah, totally. All I'll say to that is, is that, you know, obviously I think both Joker and this, like while there's, again, Joker is uh, is is kind of maybe an homage to this or it's obviously been, obviously been inspired by it, it still feels like its own thing. It still feels, you know... And at the same time, like mm. I think that those homages, like the fact that De Niro's in in Joker playing the, I guess the Jerry Lewis role or you know whatever. Yeah. But I, I think I think there's going to be something more to Joker, and not saying more as in over King of Comedy, but there's going there's going to be differences, obviously, um, with the source material and uh, and the, obviously the characters. Yeah, there's coming obviously into play. differences, yeah. but I'm just like, I don't know. I think I think what this movie would do. Again, we haven't seen Joker, but I think what this movie would do, like. If you've seen Joker and go, oh, if King of Comedy is so similar, why should I watch King of Comedy? I think this is more real than what I think Joker's going for. Because you assume in Joker, like, Jokers are going to become Joker and and Wacken Phoenix is just going to go batshit crazy and just kill a bunch of people. This one, that doesn't happen. And I think this film might be smarter than Joker because it shows a really pitiful desperation about, like, how people achieve success. Mm. And, like, and what's behind... And, you know, the, the people who are the A-listers in the world... Like, you know, there's a great quote from the Sam Raimi Spider-Man trilogy mm. 
uh, that I can bring into this. Actually, maybe not. It actually might be from a Spider-Man comic. Actually, yeah, this actually might be from a comic that I read from a kid that was from Spider-Man. But Aunt May says to Peter at one point, she meets Norman Osborn and she doesn't like him and then Norman Osborn leaves and then she says to Peter um, that Uncle Ben used to say they, that he never met a successful man who never stepped on some toes. And like, I think that quote applies quite well to here. So I think this is good for that. I think this movie is good for understanding the price paid for success. Sure. Yeah. But Brenton, my thumbs are so up. I could not recommend this higher. I think this is one of the best movies we've done on the podcast. Like, yeah, I'd agree. I'd I agree. Um, I, I also give it thumbs up. I think it's a must. Uh, it's very masterfully created. And um, yeah, I, I can't wait to watch it again. It's for the whole family, isn't it, Brenton? <laughs> yeah. Yes and no. Well, yeah. Like, watch this if you want to be unsettled. Like, if you like Mindhunter shit. Like, like I think don't go into this expecting some comedy because like it, it ain't. It ain't. I think that. people. But again, it's quite funny. I think it's. I think the film itself is quite funny at the same time that there's comedic elements to it. But for the most part, it's unsettling and it's like you said, it's it's uh it's 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 its own thing. Yeah, it's it's just really interesting mm. to watch. And I think I think most people will walk away and have a great time watching this film. But yeah, I can't. All I'll say is I can't wait to watch it again. Yeah, I agree. Well, Brenton, can you drop some spoilers on us? Just like bomb them in. Just like spoil everything for me, Brenton. I sure can. Spoilers. Spoilers. Spoiling the king of comedy. Yeah. Um, okay, so that doesn't happen in the film. But uh, I wanted to go straight into, because we we have been kind of skirting around something in this film. Because we're like, oh, yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, boy, haven't we? We've been avoiding it like the plague. Yeah, because the the thing that happens in this film is that, uh, obviously, shit escalates. The real premise. And, and, <laughs> and basically, halfway through this film, De Niro or Rupert Pupkin decides that the only way that he can get through to, to Jerry is to literally kidnap Jerry and force him... Jesus. And force the network to put him on the air. Uh, and so he does this with the aid of uh, a, a fellow stalker. These two stalkers that are that are mm. friends. And uh, thing with her, I didn't think prior to this plan, I didn't think she was real. I was wondering if like she ever existed. She might not. To be fair. Well, I mean, she does because obviously Jerry like almost has sex with her at one but point. That was just so. Does Jerry just sitting in a hotel room and he escapes himself? Oh no, because obviously he can. He puts Jerry into the car and they drive away. She's driving the car. She has to have exist for them to kidnap him. Yeah. Uh, again, do, you, do you, I don't know? Maybe she does. Maybe she doesn't. I don't know. I think she. I. I, I, I think she exists. But I thought it was an interesting thing you brought up that she might not. That could work as well. It mm. could. Because there's a lot you don't believe in this movie, but they bloody kidnap him. And Brenton, I think the tape budget for this movie was through the roof because, boy, did they wrap him up like a Christmas present. They sure did. They sure did. And it was great. (laughs) Ah, Professor Jerry Lewis, he looks so miserable this entire movie. Every fucking scene he's in, he just looks as though he doesn't want to be there. He's great. I think that's one of the greatest things about his character is that, you know, we, we see him on the air, we see him do his show, and you see someone that's charismatic and... You know, he's very sociable and is able to, you know, obviously interact with his audience and, and the people because of that love him. And yet when he's on the street, he's just trying to get through and, you know, live his life. And it's just like an everyday struggle of just being able to, oh. uh, you know, enjoy himself without some crazy stalker, like chasing him literally down the street or another. St- 
But I love that, like the juxtaposition of Jerry walking down the street. Because there's points where people are like, hey, Jerry, what a good guy. Hey, it's Jerry. And he's like, everyone's like shouting at him. But then there's that one moment where he walks past the woman on the phone and, and, he, and he won't talk to her friend. She's like, fuck you. I hope you'll get cancer. Like Totally. And she's <laughs> just been singing his praises about what a great guy he seems to be and how she watches the show every night. And he says, oh, sorry, I'm actually late. I've got to get to something. Because uh, she asked him to... Uh, do, do something and, and this woman just the turn is just instantaneous and it's quite oh just out of nowhere I'm like fucking hell like, to, like Jerry must have such a colourful life anyway let alone be kidnapped and I love like how fucking terrible Bobby De Niro and his friend is because like I love it when they kidnap him just like everything fucks up like he can't even write on the cards properly no it's great that whole scene is like where he's bumbling along and there's cards that are the wrong way around and there's cards back to front like oh. it's it's just fantastic and uh um, and yeah, like, but at the same time, like, it, it, what's more interesting, like, I was getting major network vibes actually at the end of this film of like a network being, yeah, a network being, uh, having to this make would be a good double bill actually if you watch this and network back to back, yeah. Um, but this network that's just trying to has to make these big decisions, and these people just aren't really capable mm. of doing like the humane thing, and instead of like. You know, instead of like not negotiating with like the the madman, like they let this guy on the air and he does his show. Like it happens, and and because mm. of that, obviously, or maybe or maybe not, he he gets his success. Like he goes to prison, obviously, for a couple of years, and then comes out and has his autobiography, or his biography, and and then you know his comedy career takes off. Supposedly, obviously, that may or may not happen in the context of this film because mm. there's a pretty clear point that hey, maybe. Maybe De Niro just did go to jail, and he and that's what's keeping him going is this this imagination of like, that's yeah. it. That's the whole thing. Like, cause 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 it, I I was surprised all that happens. Like, cause I the whole time that the FBI is stringing him along, and they're like, oh yeah, we'll follow your fucking plan, and everyone's like cooperating. I'm like, there is no scenario on earth where they would let him like do stand up on the air. Like, like if you've been kidnapped, like no, it, like it doesn't happen. Like. And and then like yeah when you as you said Brad like when he finds that success I, the whole time I was sitting there just being like does he find success because because you find out from a TV so like you don't yeah it's like a newsreel it's like is this a newsreel that this Robert De Niro thinks he's like having in his head because I like, could because did you think at the start of the movie when he's having lunch with Jerry because it because it, it awkwardly like goes from that meeting in the car to him like having lunch with Jerry so I thought it was a flash forward. So I didn't believe it was fake at that point. And even when he's recounting the conversation to his mother, who we also don't know was real, I didn't know if that was the case. Well, what was, in, well, like, what was interesting was is that I thought it was pretty clear, like when it jumped forward and we went to that 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 dinner or the lunch, whatever it was, I immediately thought like, this isn't real. Like this is the guy that's taken... Oh, yeah, really? Like, I, no, no, instantly, I was much later. It was like, he's taken this and run a mile and this is like what he's thinking. And then he's rehearsing back at his home that conversation with those like yeah. those, those, uh, cardboard cut- cutouts, which are just like incredible. Oh. Like, oh. I love that. I love those cardboard cutouts. Do, do you love his mother as well? He's like, no, ma. <laughs> He's just screaming the at The best like bit nothing. is when he has to do his audition tape with the mother and, and, and she's telling him oh to my turn God. it down. And he's just like, I've got to fucking do this, mum. Like, like, just let me do my audition tape. And she's like... I really wish we had a scene where, like, the assistant has to listen to the tapes and we just hear, like, his mother shouting over the top. Like, oh, it would have been great. How great is, like, Jerry Lewis's assistant, by the way? Like, he is being psychopathic in, like, their office and she is just being so polite to him back. Oh, you know what I mean? It's handled, like, perfectly. Like, if someone, like, came in like that, like, that's the way to handle it. And, uh... 
maybe they should have called security a little bit earlier, but they give the guy a chance. And, oh, why? And maybe yeah. there was stuff on his tape that had merit, and maybe they did listen to him and were like, hey, there is some good stuff on here, but keep developing your act. But what's amazing about these segments is, is that mm. De Niro is constantly told in this film, he's given like great advice by these people that are like saying, go develop your act, go work, go out in, on the yeah, like scene. Yeah, genuine and, like, advice. Get, like get some experience, because you got no experience. You're just some stalker that like sits at home and imagines what it's <laughs> going to be like. <laughs> yeah. He's like, no, I'm not. And so, and so, yeah, and so, but it's so interesting in in terms of the conversations, and like it's very evident, I think, with that uh, as, uh, re- assistant character is that De Niro just constantly interrupts. He's tons. He's constantly like not listening, and you're just like he has this very unsettling way of like you'll be saying something to him, but it goes in and out and. Uh, in here and one and out the other. It's a smile and, as well. And he's just kind of nodding and he's like agreeing, but it's like he's saying and he just like says things like on the back of like whatever you like, even if you're not even quite finished of what the intention of what you're going to say. There's no like break. He doesn't listen, uh, take in what you've said and then respond. He's just constantly on the. He's like constantly the aggressor in the conversation, but he's just pretending he's mm. listening. Like it's just. He's like that meme. He's like yes. But no. Yeah, totally. <laughs> um, and he just, and he just, he just, he just fights back on every little thing, and he does not shut the fuck up. And every character like lets him know that he doesn't shut up, and he just keeps talking and talking and talking, thinking he can talk his way out of everything. Like, how awkward is it when he fucking breaks into Jerry Lewis's like summer home? Oh, it's a great scene. Like, and I will say on the back of that as well, it's so awkward. I, I really ah. love that that uh, the character of this girl that he that he that he is kind of. Um, like you know that he invites on the date and then like says that he knows Jerry mm. Lewis and he's like come on let's go to his house and spend the weekend or whatever by the way who gives their own autograph on a date I mean clearly this is the most ridiculous thing I've I ever mean, seen like, I mean like I like it I think it's like well I don't personally do that but my, oh do you no, do it all no. the time but my like, point is like I <laughs> like it for the character I like it that it's like Brenton put your autograph down <laughs> please Nathan take it take it no but I, I <laughs> no I think for the character it's like one of the most telling moments of like and it's also one of the most telling moments in the film that despite all this she still wants just that little bit chance of like something better you know what i mean and she wants to and so like she believe she like uh blindly kind of follows him uh even though she seems like a pretty level-headed person in a lot of ways but in other ways she's just that bit immature and so she gets sucked in and turns up to that house um and which mm. must but she's pretty quick to work out what's going on because she's like let's leave and he's like no no you tell her jerry which just which and just like, must be mortifying uh, for her like i can't imagine that like imagine if you if you had a significant other that said their whole premise in 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 life was that yeah we're going to a mate's house yeah no like you like you're you you've you've been seeing this person been on a couple of dates and they say yeah i'm so and so and um and 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 guess what like you know uh um i'm a i'm an actor myself and um yeah i've been working around and oh i'm about to do a movie with chris hemsworth and you were like oh okay they're like oh hey he's actually invited me to my place this weekend do you want to like come along and you and so you and you're like, fuck and you're like yeah. okay sure and so you turn up to the house you go in uh there's a but there's there's someone that answers the door that looks a bit confused but you know you you, you go in i like to think that chris hemsworth has like a butler <laughs> but like a really australian but- butler he's like good eye mate come on in hemsy we'll see you in a but second yeah, you go you go <laughs> in and you have a you have a couple drinks and you know as far as you're concerned everyone else is a bit late and whatnot and chris has just been out <laughs> you're playing with all of his like thor like yeah, weapons like, around like, the house like, like you're having a good time and you're just like wow this is like a this is an incredible experience 
experience and I never thought I'd be here. And I'd be with someone that's at this level. Like, whoa, whoa, like, this is just surreal. And then Chris Hemsworth walks in the door and glares at you like Thor glares at fucking Thanos before, uh, as he, as as he's like pressing uh, that axe into him at the end of Infinity War. And... And he glares at you. He just swings Stormbreaker and just beheads you in his lounge room. <laughs> but, but, and you're yeah. like, oh, no. He glares at you. And at that moment, you've realized you're with some fucking weirdo that has broken into Chris Hemsworth's ha- house, uh, whose, whose children may or may not be upstairs. And you are probably going to prison oh. if you don't like get out of there in that moment. And then, so it's this, it's this heartbreaking scene of like, obviously, like he's just not, he's on... It breaks the delusion for De Niro, doesn't it? Like, you can see maybe there's a flash where De Niro's like, fuck, you know? Even so, no, I would say no. Like, it's it's there's no moment, I think, in there that's really a flash of, of reality checking in. There's no point in this film that I think he actually listens to someone. It's bizarre. Do you find it weird though that Jerry doesn't pipe up in that scene? I like, love he it. doesn't like say I love anything it. I sooner. love, I like, love it that he just, like, takes it all in, walks into the place, and... um. Because what's he gonna do? It's it's like you know, like he's he's like taking the situation in because it's so it's so beyond fucked up that it's like, mm. I think you have to take it in. You have to be he's I, you have to be careful as well. And there was a moment where he had that uh, that golf stick, and I was like, is he gonna like lose his shit and like you know like fully lose his shit? But like, which is why you get so nervous when it reveals that he has a gun, because you see that he has a gun before he kidnaps him. Like, what are you doing? And you're like, there's no way a man like you should have a gun. And I love that in the end it was just a fake yeah. gun. Like I feel like that's well, one of the best jokes. I, of the movie. I think it's established bef- way before that that it's fake because they're in the car and they're having the conversation. What? No, 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 no. I found it a twist. I, I what? didn't no, pick they up that at all. They I have the conversation in the car when they're like going to uh, kidnap Jerry, and and he's saying, "Does it look real? Does it look real?" Like. Oh really? Oh, the gun. Yeah, yeah. And so, like, I genuinely thought it was real. I'm like, holy shit! That idiot got a gun. The whole time, it's great because the gun's like so fake, and you're like, he's he's just Mm. going along with this as like you would if someone pointed something that looked like a gun in your face and said, "Get the fucking like." You know, like, I can't imagine how I'd react in that situation, but... um. Oh, you can see why he just stayed in the car, and he just looks so miserable. I love as well, in the Razzle Call, when, like, he calls, like, the, the company, like, no one believes it's him. It's like, fucking hell, like, oh. He has to go through all those, like, weird exercises. Yeah. Um. Let's talk about, um in terms of spoilers the waiting as room? well. Yeah, let's talk about that. Jeez, every time he goes to the waiting room, it... I, oh, could you imagine if this happened in real life? It's like... Take a fucking hint. So he's just waiting. Like, it's like the framing of it's perfect. It's just so awkward. Like that receptionist as well. Like she's she's doing God's work. One of my favorite gags, like the repeated gag in this film, is that like no one ever can says his name right. Oh, I love that. Yeah, like they call like the first thing is like Mr. Pumpkin is here, and that's right. <laughs> and, 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 and there's like so many different ways they say it, but they never get it right. And and no. De Niro just kind of takes it in his stride, and you know, uh, but it's it's one of those just funny moments, mm. and it escalates to that bloody like Scooby Doo chasing around the office, which is just bloody great. Like it's that's it's so, amazing, isn't it? It's so funny. <laughs> but uh, literally just running it in and out of frame, like oh, it's so good. It's it's, it's so crazy good, as well that like he basically like I don't know how many days that is that that like takes place over like it's a few days at least and I don't know how far apart yeah. those days are you like you got a vague idea of the time span of that whole situation where he keeps going into that reception but the fact that it's like the they let it go on so long and then he he just suddenly snaps and wants to see Jerry and so he goes through that back 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 room it's it's such a great build up or in all those scenes of like 
that's where it's headed and and but at the same time like he is doing the right thing like he's there being being persistent and he's and he's giving them his work and he's trying to become a part of it he just doesn't he just never takes it on board and actually tries to change things about himself to to fit the market he just goes well i know i'm the king of comedy and the market needs to let me in there because as soon as i'm in there Mm. i'm gonna take off isn't that great when he drops the title line as well like it feels so much more organic than like bloody james bond did it totally what's what's one of my other favorite moments in this film is that when the when we just get to watch his set like when he rocks up to that bar, yeah, and he and he, that is amazing. And you know what? I found it actually funny. Yeah, he's he's quite good. What's amazing I too the is the jokes were quite good. What's amazing as well as De Niro, like as the comedian, like as a stand-up comic uh, in those scenes, is like playing it so well. Like he's playing off that audience and that live audience as as you can probably tell. Or is okay. Do you think that's an audience, or do you think they added the laugh track? Who knows? Mm. I I don't think it it matters necessarily because it sounds a little bit like. Like, he's almost, like, he's, like, he's so expecting the laughter. Like, he knows exactly when to pause and he builds off from it. Like Totally. But, you know like, I, mean? I feel like most comedians do. Like, they... Oh, that's true, actually. Yeah. Do you like, as well, like, what he's actually saying is extremely dark. Like, yeah. you, you're finally finding out a little bit about him. He's going to this, like, really depressing childhood. Yeah. It's, uh, it's full on. And, like, I like that it's... I love that. I, I, I did. That mm. was one of my favorite moments. And I like that we just watch it as it, as it would be on the television. And then it just kind of... It yeah, kind of ends. yeah, yeah. It, like the, the frame is the TV. Yeah, I thought it was a great moment. Mm. And the best line from it, in my opinion, was when he says, better to be king for a night than a schmuck for life. Yeah, totally. And uh, I thought that was so powerful. And I thought that perfectly encapsulated the film. Totally. I thought that was genius. Totally. I thought that yeah. was like, of course. And that's, and because he admits to doing everything on the air and you're like, why the fuck would you do this? But you understand this is the point of the movie, you know, like you'd give it all up. It's like that cliche, you give it all up for one night. And like, uh, and then regardless of what happens in reality afterwards, like he gets what he wants in the end, like he wins. Yes. Or does he? But, but yes, I guess for mm. him, like, again, like, because this character is no, uh, would you say empathy, I guess? Like no he, he he even if even if he does go to prison for life and he never got to go on the air in his head he did and like that's kind of what matters for this character and it's like he yeah. never he never his, takes his, it. his delusion of grandeur continues you know yeah totally so um yeah yeah well Brenton, what's what do you think stills this movie so i just uh before we continue uh and i describe it i will just say that what stills this movie for those of you who haven't listened to the show before it's basically where nathan and i pick a frame from the film a still uh that we think mm. is is funny that shows something that's funny that something that might be profound or something that we feel is just like a nice vista like a nice shot to look at or, or something that just comes up in the conversation that we can have a chat about and so what i chose today was this shot and oh the other thing i will say on the back of that you can find this obviously this picture on our youtube channel mm. what i find great about this shot is that it's again it's just visual story storytelling this is a scene where basically robert uh rupert pupkin is uh waiting in the waiting room uh once the receptionist has just told him hey like it's time to go like you she basically just said that it's all done he said no and no, i'll wait for jerry and so they sit here and it's this it's this wide shot showing both the couch where he's sitting at and the re- whole receptionist office in the one shot and we just it just stays on that for for a, for a number of moments and you see this kind of awkward interaction between the two of them but like n- nothing's really said it's a it's a it's a great moment and it's just it's yeah it's it, it's like you said Nathan it's like that tension kind of encapsulates the film it's great he's I love his white shoes they look very comfy I love his little brown suitcase 
I love his dirty mo that he has the whole movie, and it's such a sh- like a filthy dirty mo. <laughs> and like, and the reception. I love the design of the reception area because she's like in this like this cylinder. It's almost like you're on like the the bloody space station from two thousand and one. You know, totally it's like that kind of aesthetic. Yeah, like, and it's great. And I love it also because the waiting area is so empty and it's just him and like. Also, it looks like what he's sitting on is very uncomfortable. It's like this, like just weird cylinder thing. But and he's just in perfect view, just to be stared at by her for so long. Like it's great. Totally, yeah. I I think it's a great shot, and hence why why I I I chose it. I was literally watching the film, and I thought that's that's what I'll pick. Yeah, and it's um, that moment. It's that moment that stills it for you. So, so how do they make this? Print? How did how did they make this making movie magic? Yeah, Brenton. One way that they made this is that, you know how that woman on the phone says, you know, to Jerry, like, I hope you get cancer. You know, that violent fan. Yeah. Well, turns out this is based on real life. So the lady um, who insults Jerry is based on an experience that he actually had word for word when he was performing in Vegas. He was just walking down the street and this woman did that exact thing from the movie Jeez. to him. And then he told, like, he told Marty Scorsese and he's like, fuck, we got to put this of in Of course you do. Like, and it's... Again, like, it's so real, the moment. Like, the sudden change, the way it's delivered, like, it's so perfect and um, powerful at the same time. And it's it's a kind of a an insight into what that lifestyle is like. Yeah, I think it's a great moment. It really is. Goodness. Martin Scorsese has said that he thought Robert De Niro's best performance under his direction was in this film. I mean, probably. See, I used to think it was Raging Bull. But, like, this is pretty fucking good. Definitely. I think because... Because it's so un-Robert De Niro, this character. Definitely, like, yeah. It baffles me that he didn't win an Oscar for this. I don't this think he was even crazy. nominated, to be honest. Yeah, for some reason, like, critics didn't really love it at the time, which is bizarre, in my opinion. I but, agree. You know, that, that's yeah. critics for you. That's why we have this podcast, Brenton. Um, did you know that the lawyer... We didn't even talk about the fucking scene where they're all meeting up with the law people going, do we really do this? And they're all like, yeah, fuck yeah. But the lawyer for Jerry is actually played by Martin Scorsese's real-life lawyer. That's crazy. So it's like, who are you? I'm his lawyer. Yeah, it's like, I'm lit- I'm Martin Scorsese's <laughs> lawyer. And it's like, oh, shit, the lawyer's here. And they're like, I'll sue you and I'll sue everyone. And he's just suing left, right, center. I love that Martin Scorsese's lawyer's in the movie. It's That's great. fantastic. Yeah. Um, ah. Robert De Niro used anti-Semitic remarks to anger Jerry Lewis whilst filming the scene where Rupert Pupkin crashes Jerry Jeez. Langford's country home. And Lewis, who had never worked with method actors before, was shocked and appalled, but delivered an extremely credible performance. So, so Oh my god. I mean, that's a bit unnecessary, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, like, I guess so. Like, but it's... You can pretend to be but, angry. Like, you don't need to see, be angry. like, Jerry Lewis, like, I think of that scene as, like, incredible in the way that, like, he's steely glare. Like, before he's, like, when he's taking it in and, like, oh hearing that, you're like, well, yeah, like, you can see that it's, like, this bubbling anger that's underneath everything that he's doing in that scene, so. Even when he goes on that weird date with the girl in the house that he's, like, taped up, you could, like, he oh, conveys so much totally, anger in those little Totally, looks. yeah. Dude, that's so fucking weird. Could you imagine being tied up on a date? Like, oh. It's full on. And when she, like, swipes all the shit yeah, off the Brent, table. Brent is, like, kicking some rope under the table. Like, <laughs> <laughs> What I found fascinating with this movie is that Robert De Niro and his girlfriend from the movie are married in real life. Or they were married in real life. Right. So that's Robert De Niro's real life wife. There you go. Wow. All right. Yeah. I was just like, ah, oh, that's kind of cool. Yeah, cool. Um, 
Jerry yeah. Lewis found Martin Scorsese's working method initially frustrating, as he was made to wait around for the first three days of shooting. And Lewis told Scorsese that he was a professional and was going to get paid for all the time he was made to wait, and that if Scorsese wasn't going to use him, that he could tell him that uh, that then he could tell him when he wasn't needed. Oh my goodness, Jerry! Jerry's done films before, sure. I don't think I've ever seen Jerry Lewis and other stuff before, so. But he looks very familiar, I must say. He's got, what, what's he doing? Just just bloody read a book while you're waiting, like most actors. I, I, I guess so. You know what's really weird about this movie? This is the last fact I have. So with the stalking element of it, so Robert De Niro, so when he was preparing for this role, um, he developed a role reversal technique. So he, Robert De Niro chased down his own autograph hunters and he stalked them, asking them lots of questions. <laughs> and Scorsese remembered that he even agreed to meet and talk with one of his longtime stalkers. So De Niro asked the guy around to his house to have dinner with De Niro and he's one of the De Niro's stalkers. And then the guy, then when the stalker finally came, he sat him down at, at his house for dinner and De Niro asked him, why are you stalking me? What do you want? And then... The stalker replied, "Well, I wanted to have dinner with you and have a chat, and my mum asked me to say hi." It's my understanding. It's my understanding that one of these stalkers, as well, that Robert De Niro chased down, that he actually invited to lunch to like have a conversation with him and whatnot about about it. And what a bizarre, what a bizarre experience! Yeah. Like talking to. Could you imagine? Like, imagine if that's how we get Willem Dafoe to do this <laughs> podcast. Like, <laughs> yeah. is that like, he, is that his preparation? He's preparing for a role, and so he needs to talk to some stalkers. So he comes and comes on the show. Jeez, like what? Oh <laughs> God, what does that say about the show? We've come full circle, haven't we? Uh, the last thing I just wanted to say was I, I thought this was really interesting. Is that Steve Carell is a huge fan of the film, and partially based his performance in Foxcatcher on De Niro in this film. Oh, which I just thought was interesting. Have you seen Foxcatcher? I don't know if the movie's great. I think the performances in the film are great. Yeah. I guess, yeah, because especially if you don't love wrestling that much, it's not so It's not even that. It's like... just, it's very, uh, well, one, it's very slow, which I don't mind. Like, I like, I, I like slow mood movies sometimes, but I like. Mm, but there's good yeah, slow Yeah, I think, I think it was just a bit muddled uh, towards in the, towards the end of the second act is what I'd say about Foxcatcher, but uh, it's all right. Like, I think, I think the performances are great. Title talk for Foxcatcher. I was very upset there were no foxes catched. Hey, I mean, like, it, it was a true shame. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, let's look at this film's poster. Tell you what, dude, I fucking it's love good one, this poster. Isn't it? It's it's simple. Mm, the only thing I dislike is like the cement background color of it. It's quite bland. Yeah, it'd be nice if it was like a I don't know, maybe a blue or something. Like the blue that the uh the subtitle is is kind of like that blue, and then maybe make that subtitle mm. white or something. Like I think that would make it a bit more vibrant. But hey, I like what it's going for, and I like that it's um it's it's two cards, it's two playing cards. One of them's a Joker card with Robert De Niro in it, like putting his hands up, going like, "Hey, I'm a comedian." I'm holding the crown. And the other one's a king's card with Jerry Lewis, like being a king on a king's card, but he's got his like mouth like duct tape shut. <laughs> and it's got the yeah. tagline above it. It's no laughing matter. Nobody knows Rupert Pupkin, but after 1130 tonight, no one will ever forget him, which is a great tag. Um, And yeah, Rupert Pupkin has uh, stolen the king's crown. And so he's, he's, he's a lofty, he's, he's holding it aloft high and, you know, he's uh, giving us it's pretty cheesy good. grin. Yeah. Yeah. I wouldn't change much about this. Like, it's a pretty good time. I love... Oh, but do you love... But do you love that his card is on the Joker? I mean, it's ironic, isn't it? Given that everything that's happening now... Like, it's it's yeah. so ironic, isn't it? Like, it's perfect. Because this poster was made decades ago, so... Yeah. 
I just I love it. So, I love the so way Nathan, it happened. Uh, now that we've discussed the poster, can we talk about title talk? I think this is a great title, The King of Comedy. Mm, well, I was going to say, uh, it was The King of Comedy in The King of Comedy? Yes, he was. He's the protagonist. <laughs> Although it's never really explained why he asks to be called The King of Comedy. Like, I guess it matches that delusion he has about yeah, being the best. Yeah, totally. Like, and for someone to be announced on that show as The King of Comedy, I mean, like, it's pretty... Ugh, it's pretty... It's pretty awesome. Yeah. You can even see like the, the speech reader. He's just like, oh, like, do I have to say this shit? And Munskor says he's paying the director, which is ironic. He's just like, yeah, fucking do it. <laughs> do it. Do it. You're told. Like, okay. Do it, bro. Yeah. 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 And the guy goes to Munskor says, are you in character or just speaking as the director right now? And he just, and Score says, he's like, you work it out. <laughs> Cut. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um. <laughs> oh, thank God. So Nathan... Now that we've talked about, we've covered all of our bases, really, I'd just like to say that I would love to pass the power, power to the people, let's pass it to the people, the power. I'm losing count how many aneurysms you have on this show, dude. Like- <laughs> <laughs> oh, so am I. Oh, no. Um, the people have gave, well, the critics, they gave this uh, movie 91% of that tomato meter, and the audiences gave it 90 hey. so... All around, uh, roses are being thrown towards the hey, stage. Hey, catch him, Robert De Niro. Catch him. Oh, 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 you got him. That'd be so funny. Like, Robert De Niro finishes his stand-up, and then suddenly like, all these flowers are hurtled at him. He's like, ooh. He's <laughs> just, like, batting them away. So, Nathan, I'll, I'll kick us off, and I'll talk about... Uh, I will say... I'll talk about Variety Staff's review from Variety. Well, Variety. Like, it's... Variety Staff isn't the name of... The, maybe... I, I, I was wondering if Variety is Staff, like, which it obviously isn't. It's Variety Staff. But if that was the name of someone, you know what I mean? Like... Yeah. Hello, I'm Mr. Staff. Variety Staff. From Variety. Uh, gave it a negative review. It's a rotten review and said, To be sure, Robert De Niro turns in another virtuoso performance for Martin Scorsese just as in their four previous efforts. But, once again, and even more so, they come up with a character that it's hard to spend time with. Hey, I mean, like... Bullshit. This is a great character to spend time with. Okay, also, that's the point. You're not meant I to mean, love like, him. I mean, like, this is the thing. Like, if, if we start, like, making, like, films uh, based around just people that we'd love, like, about our mates, for example, and who those people are and what their lot in life, like, mm. I mean, like... Sure, like, there's there's lots of interesting people in the world. I'm not just saying that you can't have characters that are complex that are just, like, regular Joes and are nice people. But sometimes you need... you need to, We need to, like, learn about and have character studies on, on, on about these type of people that are unhinged and are, and, are, and, mm. are, and their story kind of needs to be heard in a way. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Like, like it, it, the, whole point, the whole point of this movie is to understand these people who are desperate to, to you know, to to do the extremes and you know these people who are driven to the very edge you know and they have to become these these you know you know these outcasts of society you know we have to understand you know why they do these things in the same way people love crime totally you know yeah yeah it's very scorsese Chuck O'Leary from fantasia daily he wrote this is one of the most disturbing thought-provoking and funniest films of the 80s this underappreciated scorsese is great and even more relevant today than ever. Um. Yeah. I mean, like, I, I agree. Disturbing, thought-provoking, and funny is is, is a great uh, descriptions for this film. Um. I don't know. Like, I get it's underappreciated, but uh, I don't know. Like, more relevant today than ever. Like, I get what you're saying. Oh, I think I know. I think I think when you compare the obsession with celebrity, I think probably today it resonates as much as it did in the '80s, at least. Like. 
you know, especially with young people, you know, wanting to be these 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 bloggers and these YouTubers and these TikTokers, you know, and these people's lives that they're so exposed to. I th- I don't know. I feel like this really, you know, in the same way the oh, you know how we, how you see young people start their own YouTube channels and they try and like be these famous vloggers yeah. or whatever. Like you must know people who've tried to be vloggers, and it's painful, isn't it? it what do you mean, like 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 you know, like they're trying to so obviously replicate a style of a YouTuber or something like that that they've seen when they're doing their own vlog. Sure, I get what you're saying. Like, it's a performance. Like, there's, it's not, it's not real. It's, yeah, I, I get that. Yeah, exactly. They're, they're trying to, yeah, exactly. They're trying to do something like that. So, I, I, I know, I feel like, I feel like this definitely has relevance today. I don't think that obsession with celebrity has done. Oh, no, I, 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 I agree. I think it's still relevant today. But uh, I don't know if it's like more relevant today than it was back then. I feel I think like this is like this is a phenomenon that is that will always exist. It's it just it changes the way in mm. which like for instance like nowadays for instance like streamers and and YouTubers and whatever like people will look at their videos and look for clues and find their address or whatever from that and they'll send like a SWAT team to their house mm. and say that there's something going on in the house. There are horrible stories. I mean, thankfully we got our own SWAT team, so we're ready, Brenton. They're always just here, like. We're prepared. If the listeners ever find us in Sydney, I tell you what, we'll be we'll be waiting for them <laughs> with with weaponry of our own. Like <laughs> the, they'll call the emergency services and say, "Oh, this is happening," and they'll be like, "Well, the team's already there, so you know, you're too late." <laughs> <laughs> hey, um, Paulie exactly. J says De Niro perfected the art of making people feel uncomfortable in this movie. One of my all-time favorite performances by anyone. Hey, Paulie J, thanks for your comment. Um. Is this one of your favorite performances? I mean, like it's a great performance. I don't know if I can be like, oh, it's, probably- it's my favorite of all time because mm-hmm. I've seen I've seen it once, and well, it, time will tell whether where this sits in like my in my in my in my top films, top performances, whatever it is. Uh, all I can say is that I love De Niro in this film, and my takeaway is going, holy shit! Like this guy is just absolutely incredible, and this is one of his best performances from one of the best actors of all time. So, I mean, what does that say? You know what I mean? I mean, following on that vein, Luke Thompson he wrote four out of five. This is one of Scorsese's very best. Do you think this is the best Scorsese film you've seen? Oh, that's hard. It's tough, isn't it? Is it better than Wolf Street? Is it better than Departed? Is it like, better than Goodfellas? I don't know. Um, is it? It's, yeah, like, it's different. Like again, like it's it's less it's less epic than those films. But I, I think it really, still is. Like, I really meaty. like it. Like again, time will tell. Like it's I really mm. like it, and I'd be like, oh, this this is like a favorite film. Like I can see the potential of that. Whether how it how it ends up, I, I don't know. We'll see. That again, all I can say is Scorsese's like if if. If, if anything you take away from this podcast is that Scorsese can do basically anything. And he's a filmmaker whose work you should... Except for Last Temptation of Christ. I think there's merit in Last Temptation of Christ and there's things of worth watching in this film. You said no yeah, at the time. I said no at the time in the context of the Thursday night thing. But I think there's still things in that film that are worth watching and, uh, and, uh, and can be interesting. But the point... The po- oh my goodness. You're that fucker who like, you know, like anyone gives him like a piece of food and you're like, I guess there's something to enjoy in this. <laughs> like, no, I, I, I remember saying at the time that Temptation of Christ, like whilst there's issues, like whilst there's issues, sure. And I understand that. And it's not the first movie I'm going to put on a Thursday night. There's things in it that are still, I think it's still worth, I, like I said, I've said it, I've said it a few times on this that like, I want to go back and watch that movie again. Like, oh my I, God. Like, I, Listeners don't listen to Brenton. He's 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 off his meds. He's he's he's, he's thinking Last Temptation is a is a watch while, while movie. No, run, listeners, run! I'm excited to watch it again, and uh, I can't wait to talk to you about it. Hey, maybe I'll force you to watch it with me as well. Maybe I'll tape you to the chair. 
like uh like like they do to Jerry Lewis and uh I will I will force your eyes open oh, and you no. will watch it with me. Am I the Jerry of the podcast? Oh no. I think so <laughs> I think so. <laughs> and Naomi G, she gave it one and a half stars and I love this review. It's she wrote it was funny, but I don't think it was the funniest movie ever made. A funny premise populated by less funny things with l- even less funny lines in them. <laughs> <laughs> Do you really think people would think this is a comedy? Like, uh, no, like for fuck's sake, like, come on, please come on. Like, uh, again, like this film is, is quite funny. I think it's, I think there's lots of scenes and scenarios in this that like I chuckled at and, and, and laughed at, but it's not a comedy. This this is a this is a character study that has got comedic elements, but it's a it's it's dramatic. Like it's you know it's there's something more to it than just oh hey here's a few one liners because that's not what the film's about. No, no, I agree. Finally, I will say uh, I'll just read this little comment thread from YouTube, uh, <laughs> which I thought w- w- is a bit fun. So uh, Deutsch, I think it is, says his routine wasn't bad. And then Tom Kent replied, for its time, exclamation mark. And then Sage of Tools said, Tom Kent, it's funnier than anything we've gotten out of these brainless late night talk show hosts for the last six years or so. (laughs) I mean, you know what? Like, okay, what would you prefer? Watching stand-up, not the show, but watching stand-up from Kimmel or Fallon or Norton or or all that, or from like batshit crazy Robert De Niro? Ooh. Because okay, have you seen stand up from these talk show hosts? I have. I will say that like my favorite stand up talk show host, well, talk show host is uh my favorite has been Conan O'Brien. I think I really like Conan. I for his stand up. Uh, well, I like his openings to his shows are, are quite funny. Um, Ferguson was always amazing. I thought that oh, he, I he, miss Ferguson so I, much. I, I miss him so much, and I thought he's opening. His what a flirtatious man. Graham Norton's was were, are pretty funny as well. Like the way he just gets a bunch of photos up uh, and like, oh come on! Like the man, he's. He, I love Norton's my favorite out of all of them for as far as shows go. But like I don't know, I kind of want to get to the guests. Sorry, Norton. Oh really? Yeah. Um. So yeah, like at the Fallon's unbearable. Sorry, Fallon. <laughs> yeah, Fallon's my least favorite. As like, mm. t- to be honest, um, <laughs> you can really see the difference between Brenton and I. I'm like, fuck Fallon, and then Brenton's like, oh, he's the least fave. Like, <laughs> yeah. Hey, I say James Corden is better than Fallon, and so that's saying something. I mean, like, like, Jesus, uh, yeah. Um. So, so yeah. Look, but obviously, like, when you watch this, like, I think I'd rather watch De Niro. To be honest, like, same. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's He's, it's good shit. Like, it's I'm not upset with his stand-up. I'm like, nah, I'd, I'd do an hour of this. Like, oh, could you imagine if, like, Robert De Niro retires and he goes on a fucking stand-up tour and he reprises the role? <laughs> he just does a one-hour set. Or, no, Netflix, they have him do, like, one of those comedy specials. Like, like, like what Dave Chappelle oh did, but God, it's just Robert yeah. De Niro doing that shit instead. Totally. I'd be down for that. Oh, Why not? That'd be great. Oh, it'd be, be so great. <laughs> well, hey, Nathan, that is the king of comedy. That is the king of comedy. I'm I really hope people it, don't, uh, you know, think of Joker too much when they watch this movie. I hope they get something out of it. I can't wait to see Joker as well. And I, I don't really want to compare it because I don't think it's worth comparing, to be honest. Like, I think it'll be interesting to see the Oh, if we don't, someone more, Brenton, I'll tell exactly. you what. But uh, what I will say is just like, this is a, mirth, uh, a movie worth watching on its own merit. Uh, Scorsese is one of the greatest directors of all time. Robert De Niro is one of the greatest actors of all times. So you should watch this movie. It's a good time. So thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us on this whatever time you're listening. I I hope you're listening 
at, at home with a loved one with a nice cup of mocha and, 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 and we'll soon put on this movie. Yeah, Nathan, and if, if you guys want to get in contact with us, uh, feel free to come to Nathan's house at, no, joking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we, we, and, we, and wait in the living room patiently <laughs> holding my golf clubs. No, uh, pl- feel free to contact us on uh, on YouTube through the comments section to email us or even uh, tweet at us. Uh, but you can al- also find the show, obviously, on uh, podcast services such as the podcast app, SoundCloud, and uh, also YouTube. So <laughs> I already Fantastic. said YouTube, but there you go again. Uh, but yeah, that's 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 this week's episode done and dusted. But we will see you again next week for another classic movie. But Nathan, did you hear that? That's the sound of duct tape. Just oh sit goodness. there whilst I. No. Hey, Nathan. I've I've laid out this nice dinner for us both now, right now, but I'm feeling really excited, so I'm just gonna knock it off the table. Oh my god! All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna turn off the mics now before the listeners hear any more. <laughs>